ever wondered what your life might look like if you hadn't made that particular decision? If a conversation had, I don't know, gone differently or if a relationship hadn't ended the way it ended? The new play from the Sydney theatre company Constellations uses the idea of a multiverse taken from quantum physics to explore the idea of infinite outcomes. It follows a beekeeper called Roland, played by Johnny Carr, and a physicist called Marianne, played by Catherine Van Davies. Through their romantic relationship in a series of short scenes depicting moments and possibilities. Cat and Johnny, thank you so much for being my guests. Welcome to you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I think it was Stephen Hawking who said that even people who believe in destiny look twice before they cross the road. And I wonder if your belief in either fate or free will changed by doing this play. Kat, are you a determinist or an indeterminist? Look, I mean, I think it's really interesting. I've listened to kind of endless podcasts on it and, you know, a lot of the um, scientists that explore it are constantly like, you know, (laughs) don't even try to get your head around it because it's kind of not useful. But I, I think there is something really interesting in the argument that Marianne poses, um, about that, you know, free will is, is, is kind of just a state of mind. And if we do exist in, you know, a multiverse, which is entirely possible, then the options are still endless of what we experience. Um, and our experience will feel like free will. What about you, Johnny? Were you always going to join me in the studio today or did you make a choice along the way? <laughs> it was always so, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's one of those things that I understand, well, I try to understand conceptually, but um, yeah, I think the illusion of it, uh, the illusion of choice feels real, you know, which I think is... Um, a lot of the kind of argument around it that how can it, how can it be predetermined if I feel like I am choosing it? Um, yeah. So, and I think for my character, he's not necessarily sold on the idea of endless possibilities and multiverse and that. So that's fun to play with the, the, the confusion of it. That's a nice um, natural resting place for me. I think. I think what we can agree on though, is that it, if, whether or not there's free will, there is certainly consequence. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's no choice in that, is there? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And the idea that you still have um, responsibility within that yeah. as well. Um, yeah, it's a tricky little <laughs> nut to crack. Yeah. You can go right down real spirals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As this play does. And it premiered in 2012. And really the interest in the multiverse concept seems to have really grown in pop culture. I suppose it's already always been there. But, you know, I'm thinking about films like Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mm-hmm. Even the Spider-Man franchise and those Marvel movies. Mm. Why do you think we're so fascinated by this idea, Johnny? Is it is it, is it is it redemption? Is it our mistakes could be somehow cleansed if we made that different choice? Yeah, I think there is a tendency for us to obsess over the past or the future and where those decisions could have taken us. Um, so I think I, I think it's just that basically that there's this um, almost like a dreamscape that we can trip into of going, if I had chosen this, how would have things panned out, you know? And I think one of the great things about this play is that 
it, it addresses that, but it's also really an invitation to be present in the moment and and take the opportunities when they are there. Um, mm. Yeah, that's my take. Cat uh, Constellations in many ways is a minimalist play. There are only two characters mm -hmm. and the same scenes are examined from different angles. There's also barely any stage design. I, I do recall the writer Nick Payne saying that he was sick of seeing furniture on stage. <laughs> uh, does it feel daunting or, 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 or even freeing to have that much physical and emotional space to perform? It, it's kind of both. In, in some ways, you know, like we, we thrive on boundaries because we can we know how to kind of play inside that but at the same time you know through the exploration of it it's really exciting to just feel like the possibilities are limitless um it's it's exposing it's it's certainly very exposing as an actor being in the space like that but then the beautiful thing about it especially in a situation where it's the relationship between two people is that the only other you know kind of tangible thing in that space is the other actor and so you know, Johnny and I are constantly in conversation with each other, you know, through the text, but also outside of the text, negotiating things, negotiating when someone's dropped a line, um, when someone's in the wrong spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so there's, there's something really, it's a beautiful acting challenge, I think. Yeah. I mean, most character studies are built on chronology. You know, uh, a person is born, they have experiences, those experiences change them, etc. But when you break that chronology, does it, it, it obviously doesn't matter. You just focus in on the character attributes in that moment and in that time. I'm mm. just curious about this idea because you, you almost have to throw out the prehistory every time you enter that space. Is that how you think of it? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think um, as a performer, it's been a different, definitely a different way into, you know, approaching a backstory of a character and, and things like that. Because really the only details you can take, like you say, are where you drop into, you know, and, and because it does change so much and it's so dynamic that <clears throat> you just have to really go for the truth in that specific fragment um so you're not thinking about the previous fragment or scene at all when you deliver the one that you're in cat well, i think you have to think of it technically and you know and, and pitching it in a certain in a certain different place but i think that i mean the joy for the audience i think is that and what i think is actually closer to a character study and, and observations of human behavior is that we are capable of many many things and oftentimes if you just see one version or one perspective you, you you get a kind of a limited range of who that person is but, but as we know humans are incredibly complicated and so what they get then is this a portrait of these two characters um through many different lenses and then and it's kind of a sum of its parts um yeah but you have to but it, it is a really a, a lesson in living in the moment yeah and there's a real um element of I think enjoyment from an audience perspective to see one character fight so hard for their point of view in one moment and then, you know, 20 seconds later be arguing the direct opposite yeah. or accusing some the other person of what we've just seen them do. Like it's, um, yeah, it's really well crafted in that respect. Well, it's a very lean in concept for the audience if you, you're really just thinking about the possibilities that haven't been shown rather than the possibilities that have been shown. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's I think to to have a play that's roughly seventy five minutes and for you to be so invested in these two people is a, is an incredible feat, and yeah, it is it is a real testament to what has been omitted from being in it because mm-hmm. he he has this way of writing Nick Payne where you project context so quickly mm-hmm. and it just gives you this history. Um, in a way that, yeah, I haven't seen before, I don't think, to be so efficient with um, tracking uh, a relationship really yeah. in such a short amount of time. And there can be, you know, certain fragments, we call them fragments within the kind of chapters of their lives and, um, you know, you might find out in a in a later fragment a bit of context for why the behaviour has been a certain way in earlier ones and it's speculative but you can kind of draw the conclusion that that is a has been a constant through the universes and so you go, oh, suddenly sudden, suddenly, that person's kind of high anxiety makes sense but they're only mm. choosing to reveal the information in a particular part. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, it's so fascinating, isn't it? I mean, that's really what reality is like when you meet someone for the first time. You don't know about all the the possibilities that they've come with or that they're heading towards. If you just join me here on RN Drive, Johnny Carr and Kat Van Davies are here. We're discussing the Sydney Theatre Company's play, Constellations. Kat, you mentioned as an actor in this fragment or any of these fragments, you're thinking about it technically. I'm just curious about how this production makes transitions between the different scenes, the different fragments and, and the outcomes and how how it's made clear in the staging because other productions have used things like lighting and music to signify that change. Yeah, I, there's a combination of kind of all the elements um, in terms of uh, sound, lighting and then, of course, us. Um, and, and actually each kind of chapter in their lives has a different way of approaching that. So sometimes it's a, like a blink of an eye um, and you're, in a, you're, you're kind of in a new universe and other times it feels like the universes are kind of folding in on each other um, and so that's supported technically and, and also in the way that we blend it through. So it's, it's, a, it's a very active exercise. <laughs> You're going to read uh, a scene for us now. Uh, tell me about what's been happening in this scene between the physicist Marianne and <laughs> beekeeper Roland. What do, we, what do I need to know to understand the dynamic within this fragment you're about to read? Well, there's essentially eight main chapters of these life events that they go through. And in in this chapter, it is the the first date that they've gone on together. And um, within the chapter of the first dates, there's many fragments. And this is, I think, the final? Uh, The final? No, it's it's like the... It's the middle one. I'll see. I'm getting tangled already. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, we're in good stead for the show tonight. Um, it, pays, it pays not to think too deeply, uh, just yeah. to be in the moment. It's seemingly... Very and true. everyone can relate to ha- having a, a first date over again. I mean, especially with the amount of failed first dates I've had. Yeah. So so we're in this moment well, and... It's probably worth knowing that there's been, there's been a number of failures leading up to this. <laughs> That's well, right. We can all relate. Take it away. I said, I don't really know, but I think it's something to do with space. And when we were talking about your job earlier on, and I was nodding along pretty much the entire time, but when we stepped through your front door, I realised I hadn't really understood a single thing you'd said. Most of my time has been sitting in front of a computer. Right. Analyzing data. Right. Quantum cosmology. Right. 
Do you know much about theoretical physics? Pass. Quantum mechanics? Uh, pass. <laughs> quantum mechanics focuses on the quantum realm. Atoms, molecules... Right. On nuclear and atomic scales, gravity is pretty much insignificant. But in terms of general relativity, it's vital. OK. So you have these two theories that are completely at odds with one another. Relativity covers the sun, the moon, the stars, while quantum mechanics focuses on molecules, quarks, atoms, that sort of thing. We've effectively asked the same question twice and come up with two completely different answers. This is really sexy, by the way. The point being... I had a really amazing time tonight and I'd really like to spend the night. But... With you, I'd really like to spend <laughs> the night. But now we've got string theory. Or, to be a bit more specific, we've got lots of different string theories. If you'd rather I didn't stay, you just have to say. And the exciting thing about string theory is that it potentially bridges the gap between relativity and... You haven't answered either of my questions. Marianne kisses Roland. A byproduct of every single one of these theories, almost entirely by accident, is a possibility that we're part of a multiverse. Roland kisses Marianne. Despite our best efforts, there are certain microscopic observations that just cannot be predicted absolutely. Now, potentially, one way of explaining this is to draw the conclusion that at any given moment, several outcomes can coexist simultaneously. This is genuinely turning me on. You do realise that. In the quantum multiverse, every choice, every decision you've ever and never made exists in an unimaginably vast ensemble of parallel universes. Everything. Everything. Everything I've ever done. Everything you've ever and never done. But if everything I'm ever going to do already exists, then what's the point in me? Well, what's the point in me well, even? Do you see what I'm saying? No, totally, but let's say that ours really is the only universe that exists. There's only one unique me and one unique you. If that were true, then there could only ever really be one choice. But if every possible future exists, then the decisions we do and don't make will determine which of these futures we actually end up experiencing. Imagine rolling a dice 6,000 times. Hmm. <laughs> Bravo. That was Johnny Carr and Kat Van Davies in the studio performing from the Sydney Theatre Company's Constellations where quantum physics meets human drama on stage. It's playing until September the 2nd. Take your brain. You'll need it. Kat and Johnny, thank you so much for being my guests and thank you so much for that, that very, very beautiful performance. No worries. Thank Thanks you. so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.